All right, two worlds are colliding here in light of the Ohio State-Notre Dame game this week. Uh, I am Jeff Fedoff, Tito, they call me, host of the Buckeye Daily Blitz. He is Rob Fedoff. He is uh, RPT. He is a host of Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. And with the game coming on this week, we thought we would have a kind of a joint podcast and talk about things. Um, you can go to fanstreetsports.com and also download the app on Apple and Android uh, for the Fantasy Sports round-the-clock content. So many great shows out there in addition to the two that he and I do, but there are a lot of other ones out there all across the country with people that um, do great things for Fantasy Sports and DSP Media. Then also go to the Facebook page, Fantasy Sports Facebook page, and you can interact with the hosts and leave comments on there as well. But uh, he is uh, at P. Fitoff, right? That's where we're at on this one yep, for you. That's good. That's good. Yep. That's where he's at on the X. I am at that happens. And uh, so Rob and I are cousins that are very far apart in age. But No, no, we're not. Not really. I think we are. I'll be, 40, I'll be 48 next Wednesday. Okay, I'm 52. That's fine. Remember that far apart. It just seems that way. Um, but <laughs> So I, uh, Rob, big time Notre Dame fan his entire life. Um, there are... A, there are annoying Notre Dame fans out there. I would not put Rob in that category. And I, I used to be, though. I used to be. I, I could get annoying for, from time to time. Oh, and, and I'm not an annoying Ohio State fan, but there are those out there. So, oh, yeah. Rob, though, I think, has gotten realistic in his expectations for, for Notre Dame football and basketball and women's basketball and lacrosse and track and field. Whatever. Rob, yeah. I think you are. I would say you, as you've aged – You've gotten more realistic in expectations. Is that accurate? That is accurate. 100% accurate. Okay. Um, and so going into this game now, I said this, I was on the fan earlier tonight, and I feel like, so no disrespect, man, but when they played in the 90s with the Eddie George, Terry Glenn years, I never felt like Ohio State was going to lose to Notre Dame. I didn't feel like they would lose Notre Dame when they played in the bowl game. Um, and then... Last year was a close game, but I thought Ohio State was going to win the game no matter what. This is the most scared I've been about an Ohio State-Notre Dame game in my lifetime. Is this the most um, optimistic you've been going into an Ohio State-Notre Dame game in your lifetime? Mm, yes, but I'm still – not to get too far ahead here. Sure. But I still think Ohio State will win this game. But, yes, this is probably the best quarterback we've had. Sure. Uh, probably the best defense. But I still just do not think we have the firepower firepower to go up and down with Ohio State. If it becomes a back and forth type of game, now if it's right. a ground out, move the chains type of game, yeah, I think we'll win the game. But I just don't think that's going to happen. That's the problem. Now, if we go back to when we first started playing in 95, yeah. actually, I thought prior to this game this Saturday, yeah, that was probably our best chance. And it looked that way. It sure. Was 20, we jumped up 10 to nothing. That's when Holtz came back with the neck brace. With the neck brace, that's right, yes. Yeah, because Bob Davey had coached the previous two weeks, and they actually sure. thought he could be a good head coach, and we found out Mistake. How, <laughs> how wrong that was. Right. Yes. So we jumped out 10 to nothing. Then it was 10 to 7, 17 to 7. I believe it was 17 to 14 at halftime. Then it's 20 to 14. We hold them. I think it's the first or second. No, it's probably, it's midway through the third quarter, I think. Midway through the third quarter, yeah. And then Emmett Mosley uh, muffs the punt. Right. And after that, Ohio State gets it, scores is 21 to 20. Notre Dame starts to press a little bit more. And then it's, I think, what was the final score? 45 to 26. Yep, 45 26. He doesn't muff that punt. We'll never know. I think we win that game. Because even though Notre Dame was kind of on the down slope during Holtz's tenure, 
Sure. That team still finished. What was it? Ten and two. Ten and two. They, yeah. They lost a heartbreaker in the Orange Bowl uh, to Florida State, mm-hmm. and we're going for the go-ahead score, and then Mark Edwards fumbled the ball, and that was with the Tom Thomas Crew uh, quarterback because Ron Paulus was out with a broken right. arm. We found out he wasn't the answer, but yeah, Thomas Krug, who is uh, Dick Vitale's son-in-law, he became a doctor. Oh, I had no idea that. Yeah. So that one, but then the next year, even though I thought that was, I thought Ohio State would kind of take a step back that year, but actually their defense was a lot better. Yeah. Uh, that was with what Vrabel and uh, Fickle. Fickle. Right. Yep. Uh, was Belisari? Yeah, Belisari was. Greg Belisari. Yep. I just yep. didn't think the quarterback situation. That was the two platoon. Now. Yeah. I didn't know how good Joe Germain would be, though. To me, the most, the best quarterback I've seen at Ohio State to this day, I would take Joe Germain, Joe Germain every single day and twice on Sundays. See, I life. would say Germain up until a few years ago because I'm telling, like, and go, this is a conundrum when it comes to, like, with Ohio State, not to get too far off topic, though. Like, right. they're quarterbacks, though, that put up great numbers at Ohio State and then fizzle out in the pros. Right. So maybe you're right. Maybe Joe Germain was the most pro ready quarterback. Um, that Ohio State's had. I mean, like, you know, Haskins, um, Fields, C.J. Stroud, these guys all but had the opportunities, though, to play with right. elite receivers that were always open. You know what I mean? It's much easier to throw to them, whereas I think Jermaine was maybe a better quarterback there. That's a good point on that one. Um, but yeah, ironically, though, sorry, yeah. but ironically, uh, Stanley Jackson had a pretty damn good game that game. He did. Yeah. yeah, Stanley Jackson was a great yeah. college quarterback. He had a great he had a great game because I, I always thought uh he's okay. I thought they right. just should have stuck with Jermaine Jermaine the whole year. Yeah. But Stanley played a great game at Notre Dame and that score wasn't even as it was what 29 to 16. Yeah. It wasn't even that close. So I would say that one we really didn't even have a chance. And then the right. Fiesta Bowl with Brady Quinn's sister wearing the half jersey. Right, the half and Quinn jersey. Offensively, I thought we could compete, but that defense wasn't atrocious. You found out how bad Charlie Weiss's defenses were going to be at Notre Dame. Sure. And we just couldn't keep up. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be the way Saturday, but I still think, you know, this is a much better defense than the 2005 team. There's just so much firepower in the receiver room for, uh, sure. and plus the running game too. And then what was it? The Fiesta Bowl of 2016? Yep. No chance. No you know, that to me, if there if, if Malik Zaire doesn't get hurt early in the season and we, right. we had to go to Deshaun Kaiser, who very talented, but he was a prima donna, not a he great was, leader. He was in over his head. Yeah. Right. But they had nine true freshmen playing in that game because of injury. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say everybody was healthy that year. Malik Zaire doesn't get hurt. We go in full. Go- and we have an actual defensive coordinator and not the inept Brian Van Gorder. Right. And to the Fed recording staff we had the next year, or no, two years in 2017 when I got Mike Elko and Clark Lee. Elko now is at Duke and doing good things. I think we would have hung with Ohio. I don't think we would have beat Ohio State, but maybe like a 31-27, 31-24 type of game. Because that was a great Ohio State sure. team coming off yeah. a national title. And then last year, I thought we could compete, but I still think no chance. But it was a better game it, than I thought. Seven-point game. Yep. So let's say 95, I think, is the best chance. Right. And then had we had a defense in 2005, a better chance. 2015, eh, whatever. 2016, no chance. And then last year, I still, even though we played pretty well, no chance either. When I looked at the, um, uh, the you know, Ohio, Notre Dame-Michigan had their rivalry. They played every year for a long time. Notre Dame-Michigan State, Notre Dame-Purdue, all that. And I wonder... 
if we could ever get to that point with Notre Dame, Ohio State, where they're going to where they could potentially play, you know, eight times in ten years or whatever. Right. Now that we've got the CFP going to twelve teams next year, and so it, you don't have to be you could be a two or three loss team and still get in for the Big Ten for Ohio State. Right. I'm not saying Notre Dame could. It's a different beast. There's all kinds of different things that play into that. But I wonder if Ohio State if there's a potential to sign on for more games between these two teams because I, I always love it when they play. I think it's fantastic. Right. I wish they played more I would too often. if you win all the time. Well, yeah, if you're exactly right. Yeah, that's a fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I'm 0 for 5. But I'm just saying that it seems like, though, that now that you could absorb multiple losses easily, easier in the 12-teamer, if it makes more sense for both schools to explore playing more often. Yeah, I'm all for that. But how's it going to happen though with the Big Ten now? What the Big Twenty or whatever right, it is? I know. Yeah. It's going to be tough to even do that. And I think eventually they're going to force Notre Dame into a conference, which I'm fine with. I don't care either way. But to me, I just too many people are bitching and complaining. You're not in a conference. You're not in a right. conference. That way, that argument goes away right there. Well, they get hurt by the fact that in the in the new format that they can never get a buy. I, yeah, it's, yeah, they could be the number one seed and still not get the buy. Right, they'll be five. Is how they'll drop them down because you've got to be the four conference champions that get the buys, the top four rated conference champions. Right. So they will never get a buy in the new format. Um, God, if they joined any conference except for the Big Ten, it'd be disappointing. As a Notre Dame fan, would you be disappointed if they joined a non-Big Ten conference? No, I think the ACC would be fine. I know it's not as top heavy as the big 10 right but still i mean we've been in that in every other sport too it'd be an easy yeah. transition a nice nice road games down south for sure. you know, rich alumni to have a three-day four-day weekend right are you just like the regular joe like me because i always thought that when they first joined the acc oh that that's great um uh road games right there yeah great road like i said if you go to miami if you go to oh god who else well, yeah, Miami, you got Clemson, you got Florida, um, State. You know, Florida State, North Carolina, Duke. Yeah, the Carolinas are the big one, right? There. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would. I would, but I think, but the thing is, it's all. It goes back to when was it in the early what 1920s where the Big Ten spurred or spurred, right. I should say Notre Dame, yeah. uh, and that and then in the late 90s Notre Dame said, "Well, you screwed us back in the day. We're going to screw We're, you yeah. now." And, right. Because uh, yeah, it was like what 98, 99. We would join the Big Ten. Yeah, it, it was a it was a possibility to do that at that point. So, all right. So, my concern is going to this game, and um, you, you talk about you know Ohio State run up down the field and all that. They get a lot of possessions. The, I think that the new clock rules favor Notre Dame from the standpoint of they can that Ohio State will have fewer possessions than they had last year against Notre right. Dame. They will, no matter what happens, they're going to have fewer offensive possessions. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame can run the ball. And that part scares me if Notre Dame, like you talked about, and if they sustain drives and don't give Ohio State. You went in and out there, Jeff. Hello? As well. You went in and out there. I didn't get the whole. Can you hear me? Hey, Jeff, you're froze.
You there, Jeff? Yep, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, you froze up for about... Did, did, did I freeze up? You did for a moment, but go ahead. Okay, well, Tim will let So is your question about the running game or... Was your question about the running game? Yeah, if, if Notre Dame does that, if they're able to establish the running game and keep Ohio State's offense off the field, that could be a huge advantage for oh, Notre absolutely. Dame and a big-time red I mean, flag for Ohio five, State. We can go five deep in the running back room. Yeah. You got Audric Estime. You got Jabron Payne. Uh, Jadarian, or Jadar, Jadar, I always say Jadarian. It's Jadarian Price. And then the kid from Penn State, who I always forget his name. I got the uh, Devin Ford. Devin Ford's there as well. Um, and then uh, the really good freshman, Jeremiah Love Jr. I mean, that guy, he's like a reincarnation of Ricky Waters. I know there's only one Ricky Waters. But right. Just watching his running style, that upright position like an Eric Dickerson, and his legs just keep going and going and going. But, um, oh, yeah, definitely. But we've had a lot of, not a lot, but a significant amount of negative plays, even Tennessee State. I know that the offensive line is going to have a couple bad snaps here and there. Right. But, man, there's been like some three, four-yard losses against – sub-tier competition as i said tennessee state sure. central michigan this week was just uh that's what has me nervous about this game because yeah we did have a lot of yards rushing but man significant amount of negative plays and sam hartman got dinged up yeah. he's gonna be fine for this game but man that offensive line's got to give him a lot more time for this game if you were forgetting about the nc state game yeah we won by 21 points but we had about six or seven three and outs during yeah. that game and they pressured him pretty good. He fumbled once. That's one thing, too. He's got to, even though he hasn't thrown any interceptions yet this year, he's got to hang on to that ball, ball a little bit more. But to be fair to him, I mean, he got blindsided on those plays. So the strongest quarterback probably would have fumbled that ball. But still, he did have it in one hand. Maybe if he put it in two hands, it might have been a different story. But I, I think, too, yeah, this offensive line's pretty good. But it's not the Cowboys of the 1990s. I think people are... <laughs> kind of overreacting mm. just because Joe Alt's the left tackle who will, he could be a top five pick in the NFL. Sure. I think we're giving way too much credit to that uh, offensive line and the defense is like I said, this is growing up a Notre Dame fan, even when they were good with Holtz, it was pretty much bend, but don't break with those defenses. Right. And this year, probably the secondary is probably our best attribute for the defense, but it's still, but still when you're going up against Marvin Harrison jr, you know, Carnell Tate, who was close to coming to Notre Dame, Emeka right. Abuka, I think that's how you pronounce it. It is, uh, yeah. Fleming kid. I, Benjamin Morrison can only do so much. I know he's a great All-American, don't get me wrong, but still, it's just, uh, yeah, that's what concerns me. And the D-line's been a little bit iffy, especially last week. I mean, they were, they were getting gashed in the first half by Central Michigan, and if we can't stop the run, it's over. You don't that's even have to pass. I mean, that it's over. With Notre Dame, when I watched some of their games, of DVR and watched them, and uh, the, the secondary, no doubt, a strength, absolutely. I think that for Notre Dame, the, the defensive line will be the key if they can yeah. if they can stop Ohio State's running game. So I, Ohio State, th this might be the best secondary Ohio State faces all yeah. year in Notre Dame. They do have a veteran secondary, and that's a big yeah. deal in that. Um, if they're able to, uh, if the defensive line can apply pressure going in on Kyle McCord and can neutralize the run games could be a long day for Ohio state potentially, but um, Notre Dame's offense or Ohio state's offense. They, as far as their success, their execution has been very 
uh, similar to me because I yeah. feel like both those teams, for the most part, have been inconsistent. You mentioned the three and outs. Ohio State's had yeah. way too many of those as well. Now, Ohio State blew up against Western Kentucky. The 35 points in the second quarter was phenomenal. But both offenses, though, for a good chunk of these first few games, have had a hard time developing an identity in a game. And so that's going to be interesting to watch to see which one or both of them can potentially do that and establish a ground game, uh, let the run open up and set up the pass. That's going to be key for both these teams. Uh, Hartman, for you guys, though, I mean – Awesome. I was trying to think about this, and we talk, I talked about it on the air earlier tonight on, on the fan with Tyvis, but like, when was the last time you felt this good about a Notre Dame quarterback? Was it Tony Rice? Well, yeah, he only lost three. He, as a starter, yeah, he lost two at Penn State. His right. first, when he took over for Terry Andrewzak when he broke his collarbone uh-huh. in 1987. Mm-hmm. So Notre Dame was eight and one. We lost by one point. They went for two points to be right. because that's when you couldn't go into overtime back. Right, then. you couldn't have overtime. Actually, yeah. Kent Grant. They put Kent Graham in that game for some reason. That's when Kent Graham was at Notre Dame. Right, he threw an interception in the end zone, and it wouldn't even come down to a two point conversion. But anyway, he lost that game as a starter. He lost the. Um, he didn't start in the Cotton Bowl because they bought they brought Andrews at Andrew. Some say Andrewsiak. It's I say right. Andrewsiak. But anyway, he didn't start that game. The next year, they won the national title. Mm-hmm. And then, or no, I'm sorry. So he lost to at Penn State, then at Miami in the mm-hmm. 87 season. He lost 24 right. to nothing. And then he lost to at Miami two years later. Right. When it was the rematch of the Catholics versus Con- He only lost three games. Right. And his numbers were, it was a different time. It was an option oriented offense sure. back right, then. Yeah. He had a hell of an arm. Don't get me wrong. But he was never going to be a quarterback in the NFL. Even on today's standards, he probably wouldn't have been an NFL wouldn't quarterback. Wouldn't have been, yep. Nope. Maybe a receiver. He did get drafted because he was such a great athlete by the California Angels in 1990. Um, but that never uh, got to anything as right. a major league baseball career. But no, I mean, I felt, again, different time. I didn't Any like Brady Quinn. Brady <laughs> I mean... He was good, but the more I think about it, he had great receivers. The system yeah. really helped him. Right. I mean, with Charlie Weiss. Actually, I would have taken uh, Jimmy Clausen over him, but he had the okay. most shittiest defense right. around him. I mean, I think his best season at Notre Dame was 6-6. Six and six. Right. Uh, so he really didn't have a chance because, yeah, he had Michael Floyd, Gordon Tate, and those guys, but they had to score about 50 points to be in every game. Yeah. I mean, even with Navy. I mean, they lost to Navy. So I, I would say, yeah, Ian Book won a lot of games, but he played for four years pretty much too. Sure. I, and, I, I Hartman scares me. That, that, that's the guy. He does scare me. His, his arm strength, his um, his ability to get all, all the guys involved, his accuracy, all those things scare me about Hartman. And I haven't felt that way about a Notre Dame quarterback as far as ability to do what it takes to win the game, intangibles and whatnot, leadership, I haven't felt that way about a Notre Dame quarterback since Tony Rice. Yeah. I mean, that's 35 years ago. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is the anniversary of Catholics versus convicts, not the actual date. Right. But this game is pretty much, except if you take maybe USC Notre Dame in 2005, the Bush push game. Right. This is probably the biggest game since Catholics versus convicts. And I think if we win this game, yeah, it may be bigger because yeah, Notre Dame had maybe uh yeah, it was an 11-year stretch without a national title. Mm-hmm. But this is 35 years, a lot of more downs than ups. And this would really, regardless of what happens the rest of the, rest of the season, 
I think this could be bigger than Catholics versus convicts. It, yeah, I, I agree with that. And just especially and also because, if we get to the playoffs, especially, I mean, right. it would really be the biggest if, if we win the national title or even just sure. win a playoff game yeah. because finally you won a big game on the big stage from a team that's dominated you uh, the entire time, at least in my lifetime. Oh, sure. And there's a lot of things that are going into this as far as the hype behind it with the fact that, you know, the first several weeks of college football, the dominating story has been Deion Sanders um, among it all. There there hasn't been like some team that's come out. Every every team that's undefeated has had hiccups and they have not like gone out and won every game by 50 points. It's kind of, you know, you saw like, you know, Georgia has struggled. Obviously, Alabama struggled. Michigan has struggled. Ohio State had some struggles. Florida State almost lost to Boston College. All these different schools have had struggles. So there's not like some dominating story, which this week in college football now with how many games they've got with the Colorado taking on um, Oregon, in addition to this game, uh, Florida State, Clemson's another one, Iowa, Penn State's another. There's so many good games in college football this weekend, but this is the marquee one so far in the college football season. So um, I, when I look at these two teams and I, I've tried to handicap it, I know the point spread started at three. It's three, three and a half, depending where you're where you're betting it or where it is, but um, somewhere in that range. And usually you have two and a half points to the home team anyway, so they're calling it basically a pick 'em type game as far right. as betting goes. I think Rob, if I uh, gun to my head, I'd probably put take Ohio State and lay three. I don't know if I'd lay three and a half. I think it's gonna be that close of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ohio State wins, but I feel like it's gonna be a lower scoring game. That's what a lot of people are saying. I don't think that because I would have loved if Ohio State started off like ball busters against Indiana yeah. and Youngstown State. Right. But when they started to struggle, I'm like, shit, they're going to struggle and each game they're going to get better. Right. And they're going to be fired, not on all cylinders by this Saturday, but they're going to have a lot more confidence. And this is a game that they're still hearing the questions about the offense a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. um, right now. And I think that's a motivational factor, especially for Kyle McCord. And I think they jump out on us early and we're going to constantly try to get back in the game. Just can't do it. And then maybe uh, Ohio State gets a garbage touchdown at the end or a pick six or something where it's looks not as close as it actually was or it's closer than that or no, not as close as what it actually was. Right. Um, I, like I said, I'm saying 38-24 right now. Oh, wow. But okay. I hope I'm wrong. I just think I think they're going to jump out on us early. I think we're maybe... A little bit too amped up for this game, ironically, because with Brian Kelly, he would treat every game the same. And that was the biggest criticism for him. He should sure. have treated the big games a little bit more, and maybe we've been more successful. Right. But I think with this week, I was just talking to a friend right before this uh, podcast, and we're acting like this is a super... Yes, this is a very important game. This is a game-changing moment in the college landscape. Right. But I just think they're putting way too much energy in this right now. And I think um, Ohio State maybe just be a little bit more focused and without all the hoopla. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. But um, we'll see. I, I just think – and it's just – the I know these are the past teams I'm comparing this to. Right. I'm always like, you got to show me. You got to show me until yeah. I see it. I got to keep going with – I mean, it's been typically, what, about a two-touchdown win for yeah. Ohio State when they played Notre Dame? Typically, yep. And to me, it's like, it's like you got a 16-year-old kid – that has not been obeying you for the past two years. They're late for curfew all the time, but now they're just starting to show some responsibility, right? Little things here and there. But now you give them the keys to the car on a Friday, Saturday night to be home by midnight. And they're not home until 6am in the morning. That's the way I feel about Notre Dame. 
because I, I got to see it. Yes, it's been sure. it's looking great. I mean, they're four and zero. They've had some hiccups here. They got an All American stud quarterback, probably the best quarterback I've seen since Tony Rice. Yes. Um, now, talent wise, I think maybe Jimmy Clausen may have been a little bit stronger arm, more of a traditional right. quarterback. Um, and he was a lot rated younger. higher. Yeah. 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 And and Sam, I mean, I mean, Sam could be an NFL quarterback right now, whether a starter, sure. who knows. But I just you gotta. I, I hope I'm dead wrong because people are like, what kind of fan are you? I'm realistic. I, I will be cheering the loudest you can right. during Saturday night. But I just can't say that we're going to win and it happens. We got to so, see it. The, the, the I've never been to South Bend for a football game. I've been in the town, but I've never been to the, to the stadium. And I know that Notre Dame has taken some steps to try to make sure that Ohio State fans do not have a huge presence in the stadium. Mm-hmm. They've done things. I've read the article for Athletic where they've tried to separate the Ohio State's 5,000, a lot of tickets they got. Instead of having them all in one section, they've moved them around and separated them out a little bit so they're spread out throughout the stadium. They're doing the thing with like the LED wristbands on every seat, yeah, the green right. ones. They're doing some kind of light show there. But they've done what they can to try to eliminate Ohio State fans getting their hands on tickets. They've done whatever they can to do that. Mm-hmm. And that part surprised me, Rob, only because... I feel like Notre Dame's better than that. Like, you know, I know that Georgia had a, a huge press. I was there. there. I was there. It was embarrassing. Yeah, huge press. And I understand that. But I don't like it when the, the universities, especially like Notre Dame or Ohio State or whatever, takes measures like that. Like, if your team is good enough and your fan base is strong enough, you shouldn't have to do that, right? You would think. You would think, yeah. but the m- money talks. Yeah. And a lot of these rich alumni do not care. They want even though they don't need the money, but they want more. Right. Now, a diehard fan's not going to do this, but as I said in my podcast, let's say there's a family emergency. I get that. Yeah. Just a traditional Notre Dame. But can you at least sell it to a Notre Dame fan? Right. Instead of an Ohio State yeah. fan? Even if you get a little bit less money, as long as you can pay your emergency bill. But right. hey, it's their decision. Uh, but I, I think it's going to look like a Christmas tree in the stands. I think so, too. It's going to be red or green, red, green, red. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw that Notre Dame. And a little is silver. Silver is Christmas too, or scar, or gray. So right. That's a Christmas color too, kind of. So it will look well, like a Christmas tree. The story I saw, Rob said that whereas most schools like Ohio State in general, most of the bigger schools though, about eighty-five percent of their season ticket sales in the stadium are season ticket sales. But eighty-five percent of the fan base is season ticket sales. They have like fifteen percent allotted roughly for right. you know um, general public. Notre Dame's only forty-five percent. They have a lot more single game, a lot more public tickets available that get out there. And on top of that, the other stat, this blew me away, Rob, was in the athletic article said that the average Notre Dame season ticket holder lives about 500 miles away from South Bend, which is amazing to me to think that they're probably selling them. They're probably selling them. Right. They probably are. But that also then, yeah, lends the fact that you might have more. I think about a third of the stadium will end up being Ohio State fans. I could see that maybe more. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't, if it's 60 40, that would not shock me. God, yeah. so we'll see what happens in that. We'll watch that. It NBC seems like Notre Dame fans are pumped for this. So maybe, I mean, there's been a lot of flyers going out saying, please don't sure. sell your tickets. We'll see. You're not going to know until 7, 7 15 at night on Saturday. Right. right. But um, yeah, it's, it's a shame, but it's their right. But I just don't agree with it. So I think it's close to a three-point game. You think it might be a couple touchdown game in favor of Ohio State? Yeah, I think, I, I think they jump out on us early. 
I think they're going to be a little bit more focused treating this. It is a big game, but more of a business trip. Whereas mm -hmm. Notre Dame, it's like a huge, huge game. And yes, it is. And I think they're just going to be a little bit too overjuiced a little bit. I'm hoping I'm wrong. And I, I just can see like an early turnover and we're down 10, nothing, 14, nothing trying to come back. And with, when you got Marvin Harrison Jr. And Travion Henderson, Mayan right. Williams, I mean, it's enough just to stop them on one or two drives, but to consistently right. stop them when you're trying to come back, even if you're at home, I don't see it, but I hope I'm wrong. It's going to be fun. No doubt about it. Can't wait to watch it. I'm hoping for a good game. I, I've always said this, um, you know, I, maybe it's because of my older age also, but like, I, I, I love it when Notre Dame's relevant. It's great for college football when Notre Dame is relevant. When Notre Dame, Texas, USC, Ohio State, when the Blue Bloods are relevant, especially Notre Dame, though. And God, this would be such a huge win for them. I hope it doesn't happen. But man, what a what a win this would be for the program of Marcus Freeman. Oh, yeah. No shame in losing it, though, if it's a close game. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Well, I, like I said, if it was USC this week, I would be concerned, but I'd be confident this week. I'd yeah. be confident that we'd beat USC because I still think they're kind of a one-man show, and we've beat USC before. Mm -hmm. But it goes to the fact... And I mentioned this before too, not here, but 2018, Ohio State lost to Purdue. The Tyler, was it Tyler Trent game? Yep. The young man with yeah. terminal cancer. Young man, yeah, they, they dedicate yeah, all that. Yep. Um, Notre Dame would have destroyed that Purdue team. But for yeah. whatever reason, Purdue beat Ohio State. Uh, Iowa in 2017 right. destroyed. And that was at Iowa. Yep. It's just for whatever reason, even though those are inferior teams, for some reason, they can beat Ohio State, mm -hmm. which is these one or two, maybe three matchups that we are always, it's just bad matchups against Ohio State going back to 1995. Yeah. That we just can't. Now, however, even though I thought we had no chance last year, I think if we had Sam Hartman last year during that game. Oh, could have been a big difference. We probably wouldn't. Because yeah. as you're finding out, it was more of a pathetic shit show than it was for Notre Dame quarterbacks. I mean, uh, Tyler Buckner played better at the horseshoe than he did down in South Florida this past week. No doubt. Yes. Drew Pine has been awful. Yeah. And it just shows you how remarkable it was just to finish nine and four last year. Now, granted it was unacceptable to lose to Marshall more unacceptable to lose to Stanford, in my opinion, because they were the worst team. God, terrible losses, but it's just, it's always where I can see these other inferior teams. Well, they kind of have this matchup where they can compete with Ohio state, maybe win. And they do, but with us, it's just, even though we have more talent than these mm -hmm. inferior, we just cannot do it. But I'm hoping it changes this weekend. All right, we'll see what happens. Follow him on the X. He is at P. Thetoff. I am at that happens. Can I he say is one more thing, though? Can I yeah, say go ahead. one you Sorry. Think. You know, if you go to every any bar in Columbus, Ohio, there's a picture of Eddie George and a sea of Notre Dame yes. uh, players in back of him. Yes. And yes. then there's also Ezekiel Elliott in the 2016 Fiesta Bowl with a sea of gold helmets behind him too. Right. And I think there's even, I think Pittman, Pittman did the same, not as, it wasn't as, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It wasn't that, not, I want to say relevant, but not as much of a big deal when there wasn't as many gold helmets in back of him. But in the 2016, or no, 20, 2006 Fiesta Bowl, right. I think he had a long run to seal the deal too when we were trying yep. to make a comeback because we were down by yep. so much early on. So you had Pittman, you had uh, Ezekiel, but the big one is Eddie George. If you go to right. any bar, you'll see that picture in the back. My goal after that, whoops, at my goal after this game yeah. on Saturday, if we win, if you just see Aldrich Estime 
I mean, he's a mini Jerome Bettis. He's leading the nation in rushing right now. Amazing. You can see Scarlett and Gray and back at him. For right. all those nearly 30 years of just frustration, we now see a Notre Dame guy ahead of a Scarlett and Gray packing uh, in back of him. So There you go. All right. Well, and then I'll, I'll have this for a good luck. Uh, this was from 23 years ago. That's you and Tony right Rice? After, yeah, right after 9-11. I still have that jersey. Um, yeah, that's an original 88 right there. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that was right after 9-11. We lost to Michigan State. Because Mich- talk about a team that had our number at Notre Dame. They right. beat Notre Dame five times in a row at Notre Dame. And so we finally beat them 2011, I think. Right. And then 2013, that was the only loss uh, Michigan State had that year, 2013, when they beat Ohio State in the yeah. Big Ten Championship. Yep. So, again, I'm just trying to think of anything else I could just kind of get some luck. But to have Estime in a big picture and all that scarlet and gray in back of him, that's that's my dream for after that's gonna, Saturday. If that happens, that'll be on a wall in your condo. Oh, there. yeah. Oh, yeah. Get yeah. As big of a, a big of a blow a picture of that as you can. Yeah. Um, and he was but that big in high school too. I, I don't know how he didn't rush for three thousand yards in high. I mean, he was that big. Dude's in, a beast. He's yeah. a beast. Yeah. And he'll be. I think he'll be gone after this year. But he's I he's almost so graduated anyway because they make yeah. them go to summer school and everything. So they do all that. Yeah, they graduate early anyway. So yeah. Um, but obviously, check out uh, the Fighting Irish Day, the Blitz that at P Fitoff on X, RPT uh, Rob Fitoff hosts that, and then uh, follow me on the X at that happens. We'll do. Uh, you'll be able to see both of us by the way next week or right after the Ohio State Notre Dame game. You'll be able to tell which team won based on the tone of the podcast. But yeah. uh, Rob, this is fun, brother. Let's do it again soon. Well, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You bet.